The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, May 19th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker. All right, man, let's get down to it. This is your idea. Uh, we talked about it on Twitter last night. I'm like, what are we, we going to talk about on the show tomorrow? You're like, how about we rank the scholarship running backs in order one through five? All right, good idea, sir. You go first. Rank the running backs in order one through five. All right, let's, before we get started, Dave, let's, let's uh, make sure we get some housekeeping things. There is no wrong answer here. <laughs> this is just opinion. Uh, it's a flawed system. We just kind of came up with it on the fly. One thing that, you know, we wanted to go through, Dave, is, all right, if we're going to rank them, let's, you know, dig it a little bit deeper to say, what are we basing these rankings off of? And came up with seven criterias. Vision, pass blocking, elusiveness, home run ability, catching um, out of the backfield, durability, and physicality. So just having, you know, some type of parameters there, Dave, it kind of helped me rank the running backs. Let's start with number one. It was a close one, Dave. Um, and it went back and forth here. I know a lot of people may disagree with me. So let's, let's break it down. I have for number one, Dallin Hayden versus Travion Henderson as the Ooh. top running back. I'm looking at Dallin Hayden. You see, you saw how yoked up he was coming out of spring workouts, put on, you know, 10 to 12 pounds. When, when I'm looking at the, the vision, I got to give it to Dallin Hayden. Pass blocking, I have it as a wash. Elusiveness, slight edge to, to Hayden. I know Henderson, um, you know, sometimes has trouble making guys miss at the line of scrimmage. Home run ability, that's clearly in Travion's favor. You want to talk about pass catching out of the backfield. I got to give that to Henderson. 
durability, which is a big thing for me, Dave. I got to give it to Dallin Hayden. I, I know a lot of people are going to reference just last year for Henderson as far as uh, injuries being played. But if you remember that freshman year, he was banged up a lot. I know he lied to the media about or, or to the coaches about having a concussion and he uh, spilled that out to the media. There are so many times his freshman year where he was in and out, in and out, in and out. And you look over and you're like, hey, there's been long stretches of the game that Henderson has been missing. And it's because come to find out he was banged up. So I'm going to I'm going to give him a slight ding even for his freshman year. So i got to go with durability towards Hayden and physicality. I give that uh, to Henderson. Uh, I thought Henderson when uh, he had the opportunity, he ran hard. So it to me, it came out to a slight edge with Dallin Hayden, Dave. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and, wow. and the, yeah, and, and the reason I say that, uh, I give a slight edge is if you're if I'm going through this based off the criteria and they're both even, um, you know, as far as which one does something better than the other, I'm going to give the slight edge to the younger guy, fresher legs, and the guy who has uh, less wear and tear on his body and durability and availability. Those are two big key metrics for me, Dave, when it comes to the running back. I need you to be there. I need you to be healthy uh, on the field. And I truly believe if Dallin Hayden had the same amount of touches that Henderson had last year, you're talking about another 1,000-yard back. Let me ask you this before I give my uh, ranking. Um, what do you make of the coaches last year? I mean, late in the season, Dallin had his breakout game against Maryland. He was healthy against Michigan. They started chip over Dallin. He barely played. And then against Georgia, he was, I think, the healthiest of the backs, and he barely played. What do you make of that? you think it was ball security issues? I mean, that's that's a great point, and I, I thought about that with the rankings because I can make a clear argument that Chip could be your number one running back, especially – good, yeah. Yeah, he, he looked good. Like, I can, I can go down this list and make a solid argument to say this is why I believe Chip is your top back. I do think it could have been ball security issues there with the stakes so high against Michigan and Georgia. You're talking about two playoff teams. I think there was a trust factor uh, that played in there. But when you're talking about a guy who was coming, I was a little disappointed, though, that we didn't see Hayden against Michigan. And Chip ran well. I thought Chip ran extremely well. And if Ryan Day didn't abandon the run in the second half, Dave, Chip was running wild against Michigan. I think he was averaging like seven, eight yards a pop or something like crazy like that. Um, but I just think that in this situation right now, going into next season, Dave, with everything, all of all five guys back healthy, I give a slight edge to Dallin Hayden over Henderson. So my first two is Hayden, Henderson, number two. So I, I'll let you go. All right, I'm gonna just give my five, and I, I, man, this is so tough. I'm gonna stick with Travion Henderson number one, but it's really tough because you, you've got me, you've got me thinking here. Like, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with my guns. I'm gonna go Travion one. Not much of a gap here. Mayan, I'm gonna go Mayan number two. Mayan was really good early in the season last year. I think everybody like focuses on when he was banged up, and like he didn't look good at the end of the year because he was banged up big time, um, multiple injuries. Nothing that kept him out, but like he had multiple injuries. Um, hand, knee, a bunch of different things going on. I think when Mayan's healthy, he's a very good running back. But it's close. It's really close. I have Chip and Dallin tied for third. I have them bracketed. I couldn't pick between those two. Chip and Dallin in whatever order, third, fourth. And I have Evan Pryor, fifth. 
I feel bad putting him fifth because I love his high school film, but he's coming off a serious injury. If he was coming off a torn ACL, that'd be bad enough. He's coming off something even worse than the knee, the torn uh, patellar tendon. Um, not to get too into the weeds, that's even worse than a torn ACL, though. So hopefully Evan Pryor is going to be okay. But that's my order. So who you got three through five? I'm Now I'm curious. Yeah, at, at number three, I went with Chip. <laughs> and and it was a it was a you know a breakdown between Chip and and Mayan and I look at it you look at what uh, Chop can do and with that being said I look at Chip Trainum he can do everything that Mayan can do but he also gives you that pass catching ability out of the backfield he also brings that home run uh, hitting ability to where he can take a ball seventy yards to the house you don't worry about him getting tracked down. I know they said something along the lines that Chip was being clocked at 21, 22 miles prior speed. That's one of the reasons why they had him back there at kickoff. So you look at it like this, Dave. Could, could Mayan Williams go back there and return kicks with his top end speed? Absolutely not. Can Chip train him to go back behind the backfield, do all the things that they're asking uh, Mayan to do? Yes, he could. And he brings a little bit more element to the table. We also talk about durability. Uh, I, I think Mayan had, you know, some durability issues down the stretch, though. I think that's a product of how violent he runs. And I would say this, though. I did give Mayan the, the edge over Chip when it comes to his ability to make people miss at the line of scrimmage. I think he has an, uh, a great jump cut. You saw it against Clemson this freshman year. You saw it numerous times uh, these last couple of years, his ability. But and, and then we talk about number five, Evan Pryor. If, I, I would really wonder where his game would be at if he didn't have that setback day because he's kind of the wild card. He's the one that can give you that slasher type of role. I think he brings a little bit more uh, smoothness to the running back room. So if he can get healthy, all bets are off. But, man, it is an absolutely great problem to have because you can really make an argument through one through four who should be the top running back. I wouldn't want to be Tony Alfred Dave going into the season trying to figure out who's going to who's going to get touches and how many touches because each guy brings a different element to the table. I mean, Dallin Hayden probably had an opportunity to go start back in Tennessee. You look at him, you know, with the weight that he's put back on, he probably probably could start at almost every Big Ten school besides what Michigan, Penn State, um, and, and you look at Chip Trainum. He, you know, he has a track record at Arizona State where he played at a high level at the running back position. We saw in limited time what he can do against Michigan. He was uh, pretty much the, the running back in spring that a lot of people was buzzing over, talking about how physical, how hard he was running. And then we all forget Trevion Henderson, what, 1,500 all-purpose yards or something along those lines uh, his, his freshman year. There was a lot of Heisman hype with him going into that sophomore year. A lot of people were making a case that him and B. John Robinson were the two best running backs in the country. Can he get back to that level? If he does or if he can and he can stay healthy, then I think all bets are off to say, hey, he's clearly the best running back in college football if he can get back to that level that we saw as a freshman. It's so interesting. You mentioned, I mean, Tony Alford's put together an excellent room. I said the same thing going into last year, and they didn't even – Chip was a linebacker at the time. We've never seen an Ohio State team. I mean, going back since I was a little kid, I've never seen an Ohio State team that decimated at 
running back by injuries. They've had years where they had the starter got hurt. They were like in big trouble. Like in 2002, when, when Claret got hurt, the running game just went in the tank, you know, because right. Lydell Ross was not ready to pick it up. Maurice Hall was good at what he did, kickoff returns, third down back, but he wasn't ready to be a, a you know full-time back. I mean, they were down. So Evan Pryor lost during camp last year. And then Travion Henderson, you know, broke his foot early in the season, was dealing with that all year. Mine was banged up. They moved Chip back to running back. So Chip and Dallin were the only guys that were healthy. It was crazy. So if they can stay reasonably healthy this year, I am extremely bullish on this running back group. Like whoever is one through five, whether you're right, I'm right. Tony Alford's opinion is the one that matters the most, but man, yeah. stacked room. If they can stay reasonably healthy, I am extremely bullish on this group. There's, there's, like we said, Dave. There's no wrong answer here. Um, all, all of the guys in that room are extremely talented, and we list these five. But we can't forget what Xavier Johnson brings to the table. He's another weapon that <laughs> that should probably get you know, four to five touches at least a game. We saw what Xavier Johnson could do against Georgia. He's coming back as a six-year guy that can play, you know, the hybrid role. He was a former running back. He's shown that he has that dog in him. He was able to take some carries, Dave, when those guys were banged up. His ability to make people miss had me standing up on my feet. <laughs> like, hey, let's go. Let's go, Xavier Johnson. And so he's, he's another kid that, that if you wanted to throw him in there as a six, you know, you can make an argument, Xavier Johnson over Evan Pryor. Which one would you take at that point? Uh, but it, it's a beautiful thing, Dave. It's a beautiful thing uh, as far as this Ohio State offense because you combine that with all of the wide receivers that they have and then cased over at tight end. Like, whoever wins this quarterback battle, I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches at, on the offensive side of the football. So the one question mark is offensive line. Uh, you know, user on Twitter, when we, when we were talking about what we we're going to talk about on the show today, asked, can you guys also talk about, when you're done talking about running backs, can you talk about the offensive line and your thoughts there? I said, yes, we will. So now we're going to do that. So that's the one question mark, in my opinion. How big of a concern is it in your book, Jay Book? It, it's fairly big, Dave. Um, but I will say this. I have faith in Justin Fry that he's going to be able to get those, those guys ready to go. Feel really good about the interior. I think the interior of the offensive line is going to be stellar. Uh, Donovan Jackson, if you look at a lot of the mock drafts, he's being pegged in the first two rounds. I think Matthew Jones was solid last year, battled some injuries. I thought that um, it was courageous of him to still try to go out there, even though he could barely move with that foot or ankle injury. Getting him back healthy, I think he's going to be playing at an elite level. Um Karsha Hensman on the inside, I think he has the potential to be an all-Big Ten type of caliber, Remington Award, uh, watch list type of guy as he continues to progress. And then, you know, it's, uh, it's up to the tackles. You know, which which side would Josh Fryer be on? Is he a left tackle? Is he a true left tackle? I don't think he's a true left tackle, but I think he's going to be serviceable enough to be able to protect over there. And then you get the San Diego transfer. Uh, I think he's going to push. and And – I will say this. I don't think Zen and Tegra are bad players by any means necessary. I just don't know if they're ready right now to play at, a, at an elite level. I don't know if Tegra has to feet Dave to be out there uh, on the edge. He may be better interior guy. I think that's where they started him at. And they looked at the offensive uh, tackle depth chart and thought that's like, hey, we got to get him out there just to see if he can play uh, the tackle position. But with that being said, Dave, 
I think you might see early on in the season an Ohio State offense that looks a little different than what we've seen in the past. Because as we go through the rankings of these running backs right now, you're breaking in a new quarterback. You got two new offensive tackles. I think they're going to lean on that running game early because you're you're feeling pretty good about the interior guys. Hey, let's feed the rock to these talented running backs. Get that offensive line uh, mowing people downhill, pushing people off the football. And then as we progress, then we can start, you know, throwing in some play action here. Start getting Kyle Core or Devin Brown a little bit more comfortable. We don't have to rely on the uh, be a pass first offense. We can get back to being a physical football team running the football, establishing a run. And if you can do that, I think that would really help that offensive line gel. Um, but it, it's a slight concern because the unknown of the tackles. But if you're talking about the interior, feel really good about that position. Yeah, definitely. That's the that's the really good part. At least they have both starting guards back, and both of them are really good. And I agree. Donovan Jackson is the best offensive lineman on this team. Um, I'm hoping he stays for a fourth year, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Justin Fry, if he can get this line playing well, not average, but actually it being a strength of the team, that'll be a huge feather in his cap because we, we haven't seen Ohio State lose that much to the draft. They had you know three offensive linemen drafted. Yeah, Dewan Jones and Luke Whipler fell further than anybody thought, but Paris Johnson was the first offensive lineman off the board, sixth overall pick. You lose those three guys. If they can reload, that's going to be huge. Um, so we'll see. That's the well, one you, concern that I have, though. Yeah, I, I will say this. Justin Fry is going to need to earn his money this year, Dave. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the draft, but you also have to take into consideration the amount of misses that we had at the offensive line position under stud. Now, you not you look at Justin Fry, you're going to say, hey, this isn't you, but this is going to be the mess that you're going to have to clean up because what was left uh, before you came in here. So I expect him to be able to get those guys uh, played up playing at a high level, it's just a matter of how, how high can they go, Dave? Because if they can't protect the quarterback, it doesn't matter. I mean, you look at that Michigan off, that Michigan front, they're going to be loaded. Penn State feels really good about their front seven. Notre Dame, they're going to, they're going to try to um, bring the house and stack the box against them. So you're going to have to be able to eventually open it up. Yes, I said they're going to have to rely on the run game. With that being said, if you're relying on the run game, what are you going to see? You're going to see seven, eight-man fronts where teams are walking a safety down into the box to try to stop the run. And when that happens, you've got to be able to go uh, up top with Marvin, Emeka, all of the wide receivers. But you can only do that if you if you can protect the quarterback. So I, I do think that, you know, they have so many weapons, Dave, but it all starts up front. If they can figure it out, I do believe that this will be a playoff team. I do believe this team has more than a legitimate shot to go up to Ann Arbor. I think they're going to go up there and handle their business, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, Notre Dame, uh, that's not going to be an easy battle going into South Bend. You look at Penn State, they're going to be absolutely loaded this year. That's going to be a battle. Uh, so, yeah, they got their work cut out for them, but make no mistake, incredibly, incredibly talented. Last thing, Aaron Scott, number one player in the state of Ohio corner out of Springfield, the number four corner in the country in the 2024 class. It was like, man, is he kind of like leaning toward Michigan? There was some buzz out there. Now it seems like the momentum is toward Ohio State. It doesn't mean he's for sure going to be a Buckeye, but um, what are you hearing about Aaron Scott? It seems like it's good news 
on the Ohio State front for Aaron Scott? Right now, it's like who knows, Dave, with this kid. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he's a he's a social media wizard. I mean, he he knows how to play up both fan bases. He he gets the Michigan faithful all fired up with his social media interactions. So who knows? I mean, you go into these visits, you're going to recruit him as hard as possible. I know Ohio State's making him a priority. At this point, I'm at the mind frame of if they get him, great. If not, move on because they are on so many other corner elite cornerbacks right now, Dave, that, yes, it was steam just because that's in the in-state, highly regarded cornerback. You want to be able to keep those guys in your backyard. But if, if worse comes to worse, they do miss them, I do believe that they have a lot of talented guys that are on their board that are highly considering Ohio State. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just think that right now it's a yin and yang back and forth depending on which beat writer, which site throws in the crystal ball, which site uh, talks to them. So who knows, David? It, it may go down to the to the stretch here to say, you know, Ohio State versus Michigan battle. I don't know which way he's leaning, but it, it, next week it could be Michigan. Week after that could be Ohio State. But I do know that Ohio State is making this kid a priority. They're going to do everything that they can to get him. And I would just say don't read too much into all his social media posts because the kid loves the attention. He loves the back and forth between the Michigan fan base and Ohio State fan base. You know, in, in today's social media world, what a better way to dr drive up your interactions, drive up your NIL value. No doubt about it. I tell you what, man, I, I live in the far west side of Columbus. I'm originally from Dayton. I, Springfield is like 35 minutes from my house. He better be a Buckeye. Okay. We can't lose someone that close. I know Trey DePriest was also from Springfield, but um, he turned out to not even be that good. Aaron Scott's the real deal. They need to land the number one player in the state of Ohio, especially one right down the road here. Great stuff from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book. Thank you for the idea for the show today. Thank you for coming strong as always. Great stuff out of Jonah Booker. Thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.